0: Hi, this is Haywood Robinson, and I want to welcome you to episode seven of Chasing Awareness. I'm the author of the book, Chasing Pleasure with Pain, and a passionate mental health activist. I always like to start the show by letting everyone know that I am not a mental health professional. I'm simply someone who has struggled with mental illness my entire life and have accomplished more in spite of it than I ever thought possible. So it's been a while since I've done a full episode, and I'm kind of cheating again today. I've been going through a bit of a rough patch lately with the three year anniversary of my suicide attempt on Easter. So I needed to take a break and put myself first. So today I'm gonna share with you an interview for the Behavioral Alliance of South Carolina for their series called Basking in the Spotlight, spelled with a C for their acronym. I was interviewed by Taylor Davis, who is literally the sweetest, most compassionate person, and you can tell within the first minute that you meet her that she's just a truly genuine person. You can find the video on YouTube on their page by entering in the search bar the number three and then the letters B E. So it's three B. And you can find all of their episodes featuring guests who take a special interest in advocating for the mental health of our youth. This is very near and dear to my heart, since my true passion, along with spreading awareness about mental health generally, is highlighting the importance of early diagnosis so kids today won't have to live on an emotional roller coaster as I did for 20 plus years. I wanna be a resource for teachers, counselors, parents, and kids, especially teenagers, and share my experiences to hopefully help them be better supporters and validate anyone that's struggling. I want to normalize the conversation so kids don't feel uncomfortable bringing up their feelings and moods and emotions which could very well be symptoms that are easily avoided with the right treatment this is why i'm attending the southeastern school behavioral health conference next week april 28th and 29th in myrtle beach to speak to the ones on the front lines of this mental health crisis in our schools so without further ado here's my episode of basking in the spotlight
1: Welcome to this month's Basking in the Spotlight, where the Behavioral Alliance of South Carolina shines a spotlight on the incredible individuals in South Carolina who offer hope by not only the nature of who they are, but also the work that they're doing within and throughout our communities in our great state. We are over the moon, so incredibly excited to have with us today, Haywood Robinson, She is an author of Chasing Pleasure with Pain, a podcaster, the Chasing Awareness podcast, and of course, and most importantly, and throughout everything that she does, she is an advocate for ending the stigma and normalizing mental health. Haywood, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, the first compassionate curiosity that we have is we're hoping that you can share with us a little bit about what is your journey? What is the journey that you went on to kind of get to where you are today? Sure. Um, So as a teenager, I started experiencing symptoms
0: of bipolar when I was around 15 years old. Um, In the late 90s, mental health wasn't really discussed. Um, and so my parents sent me to a troubled teen, uh, program, which ended up being abusive and traumatized me, uh, further. Um, so once I left there, um, I went about 20 plus years, um, with being undiagnosed with bipolar and experiencing those symptoms and just feeling like I was a bad person, uh, instead of someone with an illness. Um, so it was a, you could use the word tragic life. I mean, I can't say that I didn't have some ups because I absolutely did. I have great friends and family. Um, I, I did try to commit suicide twice, um, thankfully unsuccessfully. Um, but then about four years ago, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and so I started doing all this research and I started meeting people like me, people that um, suffered from mental illness, people that had been to abusive programs. And I started to feel so validated. And I was, um, you know, I got to, I got to see myself as, as a good person that, that just suffered from an illness um, and that I wasn't alone. So as soon as I started feeling that, I knew I wanted to be that person for somebody else. So during quarantine, I wrote um, the book, Chasing Pleasure with Pain, and um, which is just about my life. And um, my struggles with mental illness, and then a year later, I started the Chasing Awareness podcast. So, I'm just—that's my purpose. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how I got here.
1: Hey, what—it's so incredible to hear you find strength in your story to not only honor us with a little bit of that narrative, but to also empower other individuals that might be suffering in silence, right? That do feel—and I heard you say—you know—that you felt alone. So, other individuals that feel alone, never having to get the sense that they are wholly on their own, that they've really got someone that could be an advocate and ally for them. So I imagine that throughout your journey, um, there were times where you were trying to find support, trying to find help, or trying to find maybe resources to better understand yourself. If there are folks, there's an individual who was struggling, um, if there's someone who's a caregiver of someone who's struggling, what are the resources that they could look that they could look towards to find support in your opinion?
0: Yeah, um, I, I first want to say to anybody, if they're um, experiencing any sort of um, you know suicidal thoughts, there is a suicide hotline. Um, and I wanted to just say it's 800-273-TALK. Um, that's really important for me to get that out there. I used, I've used that hotline before. Um, that's a huge resource. It's just having somebody to listen to you. Um, I will say, as a teenager, something that's really important is finding a safe person, um, somebody that will believe you, somebody um, that's not going to trivialize what you're going through, because that's that's your reality. Um, And I know that a lot of times teenagers especially can... um, you know, be looked at as as exaggerating or being dramatic, um, or what have you. But but finding that safe person is really important. That's um, number one. And then also, nowadays, there's so many resources. Um, You know, there's if, if you go to the um, my website, I have um, the the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is a huge one. Um, Nami. They have great, great articles on not only how to deal with mental illness if you're suffering, but how to to be somebody that will that can be there for, um, you know, loved ones with mental illness or children with mental illness. Um, those are and, you know Facebook <clears throat> is actually a huge resource. If you go there, there's all these groups. Um, for, you know, people um, caring for loved ones with mental illness or parents of uh, children with mental illness or people who suffer with bipolar. Uh, You can go there and you're not alone. And all these people have either are going through it or they've been through it and have so much advice to give. So there's really so many resources out there. There
1: is this this fantastic theme that there's a community for you. There is support out there. There is absolutely hope. There are resources. And, you know, I, um, I love that you mentioned the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. It is an incredible resource um, and certainly something to access 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and, you know, the other piece of that puzzle when you're building your community is, Kind of the stigma around not only how you're feeling, but even for supportive others, right? I'm someone that's concerned about a loved one. I want to reach out to them, but I'm afraid to kind of take that first step and provide that type of support. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. And sometimes, even if we have the best of intentions, we might, you know, we might feel that we're going to misstep. So, in your opinion, from your, you know, your lived experience and your connection with, with other individuals who, have, who are navigating their journey for growth and recovery, if I'm worried about someone, whether it's my friend, my family member, or even another community member, what's a, a good way that I can reach out to them, that I can connect with them? What are the do's and maybe some of the don'ts that you might recommend? I'm glad that you said some of the don'ts too, because there's, uh, there's a lot,
0: maybe you could say, but it's also about what you don't say. Um, A lot of times people just need you to listen and you're not always going to have the right answers. You're not, it's, you're not going to have ever been through what they've been through. So you're not going to be able to tell them exactly how to, um, you know, navigate what they're going through. But if you just listen to them and say you know, I, I don't understand what you're going through, but I'm here for you and whatever you need, just let me know. Um, I, some of the things not to say, um, toxic positivity, uh, and what I mean by that is just think positive or, um, you know, just, just go, oh, exercise. You probably just need to exercise or, um, just anything that basically, you would think people have already tried. You know, we've tried everything. It's um, it's not that simple. Um, but also if you don't feel like you're the person that um is comfortable going up to that person and saying, "Hey, I, I'm worried about you," um, maybe reach out to someone they're close to. Um, you know, for example, if if you're the 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 teacher and you're seeing you know behavioral changes in your student. Uh, maybe reach out to the parent. Um, and what I mean by behavioral changes is anything from, um, you know, like isolation or, you know, impulsivity, like that's that's not normal for that child. Like maybe they'd start cheating or um, skipping school or suddenly being defiant towards authority figures, um,
1: things like that, uh, that that would definitely be red flags for me. So those might be ways that an individual is actually signaling, I need help, I need support, right? Um, I think what I heard and what you said is it's important for us to recognize that individuals do attempt to advocate for themselves, that they likely have tried so many things. And you know, I go back to that statement of like, even with our best of intention, you're wanting to make these recommendations, right? And you mm-hmm. wanna say, oh, just go take a walk well, that, that sounds like very simple. And maybe I've walked, you know, so many miles at this point and it's not what's working for me. So I love your message of, it's as simple as just saying, I'm here for you and I'm willing to listen and just be in it with you. Um, I really appreciate that. Heywood, thank you so much for sharing those key messages. And, um, I think the last thing that I would love to hear from you, although I feel that the entire conversation has been incredibly hopeful, what is your message of hope that you would want to leave to our community or what is the thing that you would like to say to our listeners and our viewers today? Well,
0: I want anyone listening to this, whether you're struggling with mental illness or you have a loved one who's struggling with mental illness, if you're diagnosed with a mental illness, that does not mean that you cannot lead a productive and fulfilling life. Um, I went 20 years without being diagnosed, but you don't have to do that. Um, you can step in, you can get your child diagnosed, you could get yourself diagnosed, and with the right treatment, you can be happy and healthy. Um, so, so that's my message of hope. Just that there is hope. It's, it's not you know a death sentence if you get um, diagnosed with mental illness.
1: Thank you so much, Haywood. And I have to tell you that you know, and everyone that's listening today and in the future, we are so excited to have you at the Southeastern School Behavioral Health Conference and have you as a part of our community. Um, I know we get to see you in a couple of weeks and I'm sure that you are hoping just as much as we are that other folks come and visit you and chat with you about this story as well. Are you excited for the conference?
0: I'm so excited, absolutely. I'm so excited to meet everybody on the front lines of this mental health epidemic that we're going through. So I'm very excited. And you're
1: coming to us from Charleston, yeah? Yes, that's correct. Born and raised, actually. Very nice. Well, we genuinely appreciate you, Haywood. We cannot wait to learn more about your story at the upcoming conference and have you stay connected with the Southeastern School Behavioral Health Community. It's been wonderful to chat with you today and I'm looking forward to seeing you very soon. Thanks. You too, Taylor. Have a good one.